Okay, good morning, everybody. This episode is going to be about expectations. And oh boy, do we got a lot of them. So when a client has come to me in the past, typically what I'll ask them after we do the assessment is, where do you want to be in three months? What do you, where do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want to feel? And how do you, how, how do you want it to be differently? Get creative. Tell me a story, make a vision board because I need your brain to imagine. And children today don't have a lot of brain capacity to imagine. So if you're looking at another adult in this world, I need you to imagine what their childhood might've been like, not in a nosy way, but in a conceptual understanding of the idea that we really do not foster creativity and imagination. I mean, we took arts out of school years ago. We took music out of school years ago, etc. And I mean, teachers are overworked. Children have, they come home and their parents are stressed. I mean, they're up against a lot. Those little, those little kiddos are right. And so those little kiddos grow up and then we blame them for anything that they use in life that we don't agree with whether it's TV or addictions or gambling or shopping or bullying or, um, you know, making money or et cetera and so on. Anything we don't socially agree upon, we blame them for. And we don't understand where those behaviors are coming from. So I'm going to talk about that throughout time. But what I really want to point us to is that those behaviors are coming basically from the need to survive just like we all are doing. You know, Amy Johnson has said before, there's nobody in this world that I believe is doing, is not doing the best that they can on any given day, given their view of the world. Best that they can on any given day, given their view of the world. And that goes into um, Andrew Tatarsky's work with integrated harm reduction psychotherapy and Alan Marlette, who all say, we've got to have some compassionate pragmatism. We've got to start looking at where people are right now, where we are right now in our own lives. And we've got to get pragmatic. We don't have to like where we're at. We don't have to like what people do. We don't have to like behaviors. I don't like a lot of behaviors. That does not mean that I need to devalue the person that has those behaviors. That is dehumanizing. I was taught to do that. I will not do that in my sacred space of therapy. I would never do that in my coaching. And I'm not going to get ahead long-term if I devalue you. And you're not gonna get ahead long-term if you devalue me. You might make a ton of money and karma is gonna come to bite you in the butt. Some kind of karma will get you, whether it's internal and we don't see it, whether it's external and um, thank God the judge, you know, sets some precedent. But back to expectations. So when we live in these behaviors, when we live in a survival state that our brain and body are literally doing the best that they can to survive, that's a baseline. That is a baseline that is not our best optimized state. When we ourselves have internalized the shame and the guilt of maybe, oh, not performing or not being good enough or not, oh my gosh, I don't have a million dollars and oh my gosh, I don't have what they have and oh my gosh, I don't look like that person on Instagram or social media. Let's get really clear here. Every single person 
who's on social media, including myself, is performing. And you are too. You perform every day in your life. Why are we doing that performance in ways that are not ideal for ourselves? What I mean by that is we have this period in our lives where we we have to adapt to the world. You know, usually, I don't know, zero to mid-age, where we are taught that if we don't adapt, that we will not survive. This goes back to tribal times. And then there's a time where we start looking at elders and the wisdom that they have. And why do they have that wisdom? Because they've been around long enough to know that you cannot bend so far that you break. You cannot betray your own values and beliefs and internal gut navigation system to the extent that it literally erases you. When I look at all the social media and people trying and trying and trying to have validation, that is a greater social condition. Now, it's a great tool, and there are many um, colleagues that use it. I would like to use it, but I am not going to use it unintentionally because that is a weapon. Social media is a weapon, just like your performance is a weapon, just like your assets are a weapon, just like your um, unwanted behaviors are a weapon, just like your thoughts are a weapon. And I gotta, it's time to fill our toolbox and get really intentional about how we fight this sort of conceptual war. And I wouldn't, I'm only calling it a war because I want us to think of stockpiling our assets. We have them, we're just not looking in that direction. And it's not about getting more of them necessarily at this point, it is about learning which ones we have that work and which ones don't work so well. So that we ourselves can get very intentional and clear about which ones we wanna use when. Now, we do this on a certain level, we do it instinctually, but when you're wielding your weapons all over the world without very clear intentions and and from a fear-based point of view, then innocently cities are going to be demolished in the streets and innocently our capital is going to be demolished because we are scared. There are so many people in this world that are scared. And I invite us to look at how we got there. How did we get to where we are today? And I mean that in the way that how did our thinking lead us here? How did our beliefs lead us here? How did our behaviors lead us here? How did our connections lead us here? How did we arrive at the point where people are so discontent that they are in the streets marching? Now that is actually how social change happens. So some of it is good, just like weaponry is good if you use it right. Ani DeFranco, who I'll talk about over and over and over and over and over again, says, every tool is a weapon if you hold it right. What are your tools? What are your own weapons? I have a very nasty tongue if I need it to be. I also have an incredibly compassionate heart for when I feel it's going to be useful to share. This is, this is, You know, we are saying we want one thing and we are doing another. And that is only a symptom of our incredible disconnect and lack of presence and lack of clarity 
and lack of rest. And so when we set expectations, innocently, we're setting ourselves up to fail. So for instance, uh, let me just say, okay, so, um, you know, I, you, I expect you to come to work at 9am. Well, yeah, that's my expectation. I don't know what your life is like. I, I am going to set that precedence that you come in at 9am. But I'm also going to understand that sometimes that's not possible. And if it's not possible, then we need to problem solve. You know, we are not savvy at problem solving today, precisely because we innocently have adapted out of using our rational brain. (laughs) That's not on accident. That is actually purposeful. It is, there could be many, many ways and reasons for that. But when we do not, when we set expectations and we don't sort of give the instruction manual or we don't provide the tools or the resources, then expectations become nothing more than something that sets us up to fail and something that brings shame and guilt. Now, let me talk about that in terms of goal setting, because now I want to get into problem solving. Marianne Williamson, you know, we will not get out of this with Einstein said that we will not get out of this in the same level of thinking that got us here. And that is absolutely true. We are not coming from our problems from a curiosity and imaginative and possibility way. All we see right now are our problems. And that's right in front of us. So that's natural that we're going to see them. But when you're goal setting and when you're problem solving and when you're setting your intention, you know, clients will come into my office and they will say, oh my God, I'm struggling so much with anxiety. And I just wish that, yeah, I know. Okay, great. That's where we're starting. Anxiety is real. Chronic pain is real. Substance use is real. And, and your story isn't over. What you knew to do up until now has served you. Where you're going, hopefully, is a little bit more purposeful and intentional. So <clears throat> I, used to smet, I used to set SMART goals in the doctor's offices that I worked in. And SMART are specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-oriented It's a fancy way for saying getting really concrete and specific. And we didn't stop there. So let me say, where do you want to be from three months from now, ladies and gentlemen? What do you want your life to be like? Imagine it. Then we need to understand that's what we're shooting for. It's not the goal. It's a nice wish. It's where I, like, so for instance, when I got my master's degree, oh my God, I just, you know, that was going to bring me so much um, uh, opportunity. The, the, the goal was the master's degree. What the master's degree meant to me was something completely different. What the master's de- degree brought into my life was different. What raising your children, the goals that you have for your children, the expectations, that's your trajectory let's back it up a minute and understand that that is only the direction you're heading in. Let's not attach to the outcome because when we're attached to the outcome, we lose out. We set ourselves up to fail. We feel like we are behind the game as opposed to an invitation to set that goal, 
See what happens with your intentional and purposeful, strategic and sustainable new skills. Because what I teach in my offices is empowerment. And empowerment is something I have worked with for 20 years and it is only gained through gaining new knowledge that leads to new experiences that are safe enough to have which then leads to what we call self-efficacy, which is your own self-confidence in your own abilities to do what needs to be done. If you do not have that self-efficacy, if you do not have that knowledge, if you do not have those new skills, that's not going to lead, the, the, the equation is off. So when you set a goal to lose weight in the new year, I want you to really think about what's behind setting that goal. What is it that you want out of that? Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is the juice of your life. What you want out of that weight loss likely is to feel better, define better, please, is to maybe look differently, but why do you want to look differently? So, because you want to be accepted. So we want to be accepted, period. That should not be attached to how we look. We maybe want to, um, you know, have more flexibility. Well, what is more flexibility going to bring to us? It isn't just the flexibility that's the juice. It is that the flexibility allows me to get on the floor with my grandkids or, you know, I can do 10 burpees. It doesn't. So think of your goals as process oriented with an assumption of what's going to result because you need your brain to marinate on that vision. Just like you would make a vision board. You need your brain to marinate on that and keep calling it up so that your neurons can literally shift and consider it a possibility. But if you're shooting yourself in the foot by saying, oh my God, I must, oh my God, I'm not gonna be okay unless, that is not how you're going to have a fulfilling life. Last year, I wanted to start this company. I started installed, started installed. And that was a, that I didn't have to understand at the time. I just needed to know that this was going to lead somewhere that I don't need to be attached to knowing where it's going to lead. And more importantly, the reason I'm doing this is because I like doing it. I love doing it. I love talking to people about how to improve their lives because I've seen what works and I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of all of the pain and the suffering that we are carrying in this world. And it does not have to be this hard. So on that note, what are your takeaways? What are you setting an intention for as a goal where you want to be in three months from now? And can you be okay if what that goal can bring to you in the meantime, in terms of the motivation and the intention and the process and the changes that happen from here to there, because it's really not the goal that's going to make you feel better. It is you adapting because you set the goal to align more internally with what fits for you. So uh, that was kind of confusing. Let me say that in a different way. You will, your life is not going to be better because you set a goal to make $10 million. You want the feeling that the $10 million is going to bring. That feeling is not only from that $10 million. That feeling can come from working towards that 10 million from learning what the meaning for you is of that 10 million, for learning the purpose for you 
that having that 10 million would bring, it is not from that money. So let's get a little bit more open about how we consider how we can invite change into our lives. Thanks. Have a good day.